0: Time to dive into your positioning. So your positioning is really how your client connects with you quickly, how they know that you are for them, how they get what you're about and who you are in the coaching world. It's that snapshot of the essential part of who you are when they stumble across your ad or your Instagram or your Facebook, whatever it is, they read your content. It's the way that they interact with you, experience you. It's who you are as a coach, your brand's overall look and feel. It's how your client sees and interprets you and your relationship with them and it always will support the problem that you solve. And if you're nailing your positioning, it will either turn people on or turn people off. For example, some people will be very turned on by a Harvard-educated coach. Other people might be turned on by a coach who is a doctor, and that will mean a lot to them that they are a doctor. Some people will want a master certified coach and some people will want to work with someone who's not certified and who doesn't have these like, you know, fancy, really expensive, educated credentials, right? So some people will want to work with someone who is more fun and um, is the same age as them and likes the same things as them, right? They're going to be drawn to What do they feel like is the person that can help guide them on their journey the most? Your positioning tells all of this to your client without them ever getting on the phone with you, talking to you, or buying from you. Okay, so let's talk about who you are. This is the first step of defining your positioning. Who are you going to be for your clients? Are you going to be a mentor for them? Are you going to be the authority? Are you going to show up as a public figure? I've been thinking a lot about different coaches and the way that I see them, and there are some people who are who are authors and speakers and they have programs that I consider them public figures. Then there are people that I definitely consider an authority in certain topics, right? So like Frank Kern might be seen as an authority in marketing. Um, I think that Brooke Castillo is considered as an authority in coaching. They might be your best friend. I worked with Susan Hyatt for a while and I really had, she has that vibe of like, I'm your best friend and we're gonna do this together. And at the time I really needed that and I love that about her. Um, Or are they your neighbor? Like I think Amy Porterfield is my neighbor. She could easily be my neighbor. She's my very nice, like. like, you know, friendly, um, really engaging, going to bring me an apple pie neighbor? Um, Or are they a celebrity, right? Are they more of like super famous, like a Gabby Bernstein, where she has a little bit more um, celebrity behind her? So who are you going to be to your client? Now, you want to make sure going back, you want to make sure when you make these decisions, that it supports the problem that you solve, right? So you're gonna do this work in just a second, Uh, but first you're also gonna think about how are you? So there's who you are and then within that, within the mentorship, within the celebrity, within the neighbor, within the best friend, within the authority, how are you? Are you soft and compassionate? Are you tough and direct? Are you accessible and friendly? Sophisticated and mature? Are you hip and young? Right? Do you tell it like it is? Like I, uh, we always joke in my mastermind that my colleague Karen Crabtree is a little bit redneck, and she tells it like it is. And the way that she talks, she's like one of the gang, and so she's able to like say shit that I couldn't get away with because she talks to everyone in her community like she's one of them. They're all part of it, so she can have that kind of um, dialogue with them where I position myself as a little bit more of a mentor and an authority, and so I wouldn't be able to get away with saying some of the things that she says, it just wouldn't match my brand. It would be a little bit um, off or off putting for my ideal people, right? Um, Or are you authoritative and inaccessible? Like what is the the vibe, the energy that you bring to your business? You wanna make sure it's intentional because what I have found a lot of times with coaching a lot of coaches at this level that it's all over the place. And what we want your your positioning to do is, I'm gonna skip ahead really quick, is filter everything that you do and all of the messages you send out to the world. We want your positioning to determine what and how you write, the tone of how you talk, the things that you share how much you share how you coach are you soft directive um, you know are you like a no bullshitter are you um, very loving and kind like I feel like my business coach Brooke is very different than my life coach Bev you know I might get on a call with Brooke and she's gonna like hand me my ass and I get on a call with Bev and she's gonna give me a cuddle and a snuggle. <laughs> most most of the time, right? So they have two different positioning and for two different things that they offer, Brooke's there to tell me how to make millions of dollars and mentor me and Bev's there to help me pick all the pieces up from the mentorship of Brooke. <laughs> um, it's also going to determine what I offer. So um, you know, I, my offer itself, I ta- I teach people how to have a simple offer and how to sell really aggressively with that offer and make lots of money, but also have lots of time and be, you know, have very mature businesses that are able to scale. So you don't see me offering 10 million offers. I also position myself as a little more exclusive, a little more inaccessible. So you don't see me offering retreats anymore like I used to. And it also filters what I wear. I wear luxury, high-end, expensive business clothes. You're not gonna see me Teaching 200K Mastermind in my yoga pants where I used to, and I had Diva Business School, and I taught my students like my the people that were coming to me and what I was teaching them. I was just teaching them how to start showing up in the world, how to start um, from like the very ground up of getting personal development to build their business. Like they had to learn a ton of personal development before they could even make their first offer. I wasn't even teaching them stuff about sales and marketing. They just weren't ready for it. They needed confidence. And they needed love and courage, and they needed to learn how to like themselves. They needed to learn how to like other people. So, you know, I, I, ta- I spent a lot of time talking to them about, you know, just show up as you are and as you are is good enough, even if you don't have makeup on, even if you're in your yoga clothes. So I did that often as I would just show up and do a live stream and I was live streaming every single day. I would interact with them on Facebook. It was a, t- a completely different positioning than the positioning that I have right now as someone who helps people make a lot of money. And it also filters my accessibility, right? So I'm not openly accessible to everybody. I'm not having conversations on Instagram with people. I'm not um, on Facebook all of the time because I make a lot of money. So I'm busy helping my clients make a lot of money, making a lot of money myself. And I preach a lot about having the ability to have a personal life and to not be exhausted and to not hustle to make money. And so that's the life I live. All right, so let's go back and let's talk about, I'm going to use my example of my positioning. We're going to talk about how that supports the offer I make and the problem that I solve. So once you, we're going to actually go through the activities on in the workbook, and you're going to decide your positioning, and we're going to coach on it, and we're going to talk about creating this over a six-month period, over a three-year period. But one of the things, once you make your decisions of who you are and how you are and the filters and the, or the way that your positioning is going to filter all of your decisions in your business, once you make those decisions the first time around, then you're going to just make sure everything adds up and it makes sense. Okay? So I'm going to give you an example. So for me, I, am, I position myself as an authoritative mentor because I'm helping people make Money. I'm helping people make a lot of money. I'm helping people create large businesses that they will become CEOs of. Um, I position myself as very expensive. Even $2,000 is expensive for a lot of people, but I teach money. So my programs are going to be expensive. I teach a lot of money. I teach aggressive money making, right? Um, so I am aggressive in my selling. I sell aggressively. We were just I was just talking about this with my um, my mastermind I was asking them I'm doing a an evergreen funnel for a webinar and it's gonna have a 72 hour bonus a three a three day bonus and I said I'm thinking about sending 12 emails in those three days. Do you think that's too much? Am I gonna get a ton of unsubscribes you know on some days there will be four emails on some days there will be five emails and my all of my colleagues and my coach were like what? you teach selling, sell the shit out of that. You better send a billion emails. Like you should send so many emails because you teach people to sell and send a bunch of emails. Right? So I was like, oh yeah, like my positioning in my marketing is aggressive. I aggressively sell. I have no shame in my selling game because I teach people how to make money through selling. Um, I also position myself as a fancy. I love to wear expensive things. I love to buy expensive things. I have a very expensive car, very expensive house. Like, I just love luxurious things. I equate that with money. Like, I don't want to learn how to make money from someone who looks like they live in the woods and they're homeless, right? And they're in a tent. Right, I don't want to learn how to master making money from the yoga teacher next door. Doesn't mean other people won't, but that's not what I want to learn from. I want to learn from someone who is expensive looking and wears fancy clothes and does fancy things. I want to see luxury and money coming out of the pores of my mentor who's teaching me about money, right? But also, I'm going to be a little bit approachable mainly because of my 2K students. If I presented my positioning for 2K in the same way as 200K, I wouldn't be able to get the people coming in the door for 2K. So my positioning is even different for the different offers I have. It's much more approachable, it's a little more loving. It's a little more um, compassionate and patient. And it's it's more of you can do this. It's your first 2K and we celebrate all the money versus my 200K is much more elevated, fast-paced, aggressive, um, mature, strategic business making, right? So like 2K is just meet people, tell them your life coach, make offers to help them. 200K is do not hustle, sell only to your best clients, right? And you better 100% over deliver. We're thought leaders, we business plan and execute, and we sell at an advanced level. It's just completely different. But all of those rows lead to making sense that I teach money. It makes sense that I help people make lots of money, not just a little bit of money, Lots of money. It all makes sense that I teach people how to sell, that I'm a salesperson. So I talk about loving to buy things. I buy lots of things and I sell aggressively, right? So you just want to make sure that you check all of your positioning up against what you offer and make sure it makes sense. Okay. So there's one last thing before we dive into the worksheets on page 49, starting on page 49 that I want you to consider when it comes to positioning. This is so important, whether you're new or you're returning 200 K member Hear me positioning is something you develop over time. So you make decisions using the worksheets on page 49. You're going to fill out all those questions. You're going to think about who you are to your clients. You're gonna think about how you show up, the way you're gonna filter everything about you when you're presenting yourself as your business entity. You're gonna think about that and you're gonna make decisions and then you're gonna spend the next six months filtering and running things through your filter. Does this make sense for my positioning? Will I, would I show up this way? Would I talk this way to my students? Would I offer this? Would I sell this at this price, right? You're just gonna, you're gonna chat. You're gonna filter everything. Would I wear this outfit in my business, right? You're gonna test everything that you do everything that you deliver to your students over the next six months up against this positioning, and you're gonna develop it the more that you give value ahead of time and the more that you deliver on the value after people have paid you. So the more that you experience, you have marketing your business and delivering your business, the more clear you will get in your positioning and the more clear you get in your positioning, the better people really get in an instant who you are and if you're for them or not, the faster you will start selling people. Especially when you go into paid marketing, your positioning and your copy It's all gonna run in together to really complete a connection that you will create with your audience instantaneously or not, which is also a good thing. All right, so this is a process, it takes time. You're not gonna get it on the first try. We're just gonna get clear and we're gonna start filtering from here on out and you're gonna work on it as a process. All right, let's start with worksheets on page 49 and then we're gonna meet in the group to discuss. All right, let's dive into creating your offer. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Rule number one about creating your offer. You choose and you make your offer strategically in order to create demand. In this mastermind, we are saying goodbye. No, thank you to creating things just because it seems fun, just because you really want to, because you love to do it. You love to have Facebook groups. You love to have group coaching. We don't do anything because you just love to do it. Remember we make our offer, right? We don't go out looking for the right offer through our brain, right? Your thoughts create the way that you feel about your offer. So if you can have any offer for anything in the world and love it then the only factor that would be in play is what makes the most sense for your business and that is whatever will strategically create demand for you so that's the number one rule how we follow that rule is by the demand formula so we're gonna cover these four points I actually have the demand formula workbook that you're gonna work through, but you're gonna do that after we cover rule number two and three, and you actually go to create your offer. So here's the demand formula. Number one, we always undercharge. Now, that does not mean that you give your services away. It doesn't mean that you only have cheap prices. It doesn't mean that you undervalue yourself and your coaching. The way that I look at what is an undercharge for me, I look at the demand that I currently have, right? Because oftentimes your pricing will be the filter for your best clients, right? So you have to raise your prices as you your demand raises to filter through your best clients. So I look at how much demand I have and I look at the value of the results I'm offering. And then I also compare that with my track record for getting results. So I'm gonna give you an example. When I first launched 200K, I didn't have a track record for helping people make 200K. I didn't even have a track record yet for helping people make their 10K back, which was my original investment, right? I had only helped people make 2K and then I had helped people make money in my other masterminds, but not, they weren't masterminds that were claiming a specific dollar amount and running people through a specific process. So it wasn't quite the same, people were making money, but it didn't feel like there was like a specific process that I had tested and proved to be true and to, and to work a hundred percent of the time, if you think about a hundred percent results. So we decided 10 K And then we added the money back guarantee. So they either make their 10K or I give them their 10K back. That to me felt like an undercharge. I did have experience helping people make money. I'd helped lots of people make money in 2K. Lots of people make money in a lot of different industries in my other masterminds. But I hadn't proven this formula yet. So it's not like I ran out charging 25K for my mastermind. I delivered my mastermind twice at 10K, which was only a $2,000. Jump from the last mastermind I had offered um, that was in that I was calling Diva Business School, or I think it was called VIP Divas. I had charged 8K for that uh, and sold that out. And so I felt really good about the 10K price. And I knew that the 10K price would be um, and it would give me the opportunity to over promise and over deliver, which we're going to talk about in a second. But I did, I did 10K. I filled that mastermind up. The second time around, we had more people apply than we had room for. I still did 10K on that mastermind. And I really focused on making sure my students got a lot more value than that. And I really focused on making sure everybody crossed the finish line. So within those two masterminds, we only had six total people not cross the finish line of making their money back. And most that did made way more than 10K. Some of them made 50K, 100K, 200K k. So when the results started rolling in, when the results started being way more than what I was giving. So for example, I or what I was taking. So for example, I charged 10k, my students were making 50k, 100k, right? So when the results, the ratio, the value ratio of the results was well in the favor of my students. When the demand was increasingly higher and I didn't have enough supply to meet the demand, that is when I raised my price to 25K. And then we're going to go through the demand formula where I made sure that even at 25K that all um, all of these pieces of the formula added up to make sure that the delivery was on point. So you wanna look at undercharging. It's definitely a it's definitely a thought, it's a thought process. So there's not one right number that says this is an undercharge, but when you take it into consideration of I wanna be undercharging, I want people to feel like they got more than they paid, what would that price be? So that's undercharging. The next one is underpromise and overpromise. This depends on where you are in your business. If you have not signed a ton of clients. If you do not have a track record of success with those clients, meaning you feel very confident that you could over promise and then go ahead and deliver on that because you have such proof in yourself and your ability to deliver, right? To follow through with your promising, you want to under So I'm going to give you an example of this. When I was first selling one-on-one coaching, I would say my whole first year, I wasn't experienced enough to be getting people results at the level that I am now. So I would get on consults and talk about, you know, it's possible the results that you're wanting here, right? I had one, I'll give you a very specific example. I had one student who was a network marketer. She had a team of about 2000 people. Her business was a $500,000 a year business and her business was a mess. She... I mean, she came to me telling me and that wasn't my opinion. Like my business is a mess. Her her team did not want anything to do with her, anything to do with the business. It was very dysfunctional. Everyone was talking about everyone. No one got along. No one was participating. Numbers were starting to go down month after month. She was losing her biggest players. It was, there were a lot of results to prove that. And so I looked at like, these are some serious results. I think it could take 12 to 18 months to turn all of this around. We'll get results in three to six months. You're going to start seeing a difference, but it could take 12 to 18 months to turn this around and. That's exactly what it took. It took right at the 12 month mark where things really started to turn around. Her team started engaging with her at a new level. She started making more money. Her people started hitting new levels. It took about that time. So in that situation, I under-promised. I said 12 to 18 months so that I would give her the expectation and the and and help her on the consult be willing to commit to that length of time, right? And I do that even, I under-promise a little bit with results even in 200K. I promote 200K. K as a three-year mentorship to make 200 K because I want people to be willing to spend that amount of time. If you're coming in at 25 K, you might make 50 K, 75 K this year. A lot of my students, their first year, they don't do hundred K. That's pretty normal in the industry to do 70 or 80 K. Right. And then the next year they do 150 K. And then the next year they might do 300 K. So if I tell you it's going to take three years to make 200 K, and you do it in the first round, you're going to be so happy with me and yourself. <laughs> if I tell you that you come in at 25K and in six months you're going to make 200K, unless I'm prepared to deliver on that, and and to be honest, I just don't think that's a reasonable exp- expectation, then I don't want to promise that, right? So that's not in the way that, that's not the way that I want to overpromise, right? So I want to underpromise when it's in the favor of my client, of my student, when it will help them have realistic expectations and have a and not have success expectancy that's what i want to keep them out of but then i also believe in overpromising so let's talk about that for a second overpromising is when i have a track record for having delivered on my promises so i'm at the point in my in my own personal development journey in my own in my own intentional thought creation journey which you're going to learn over these three days where I'm in a place where when I I say, whatever I say I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do, which means when I set goals, I always achieve them, even if I've never achieved them before. When I say I'm gonna get my clients results, even if I've never gotten them results before, I do that. When I'm in that space, I can start over-promising like crazy. So the last two masterminds, the 200K mastermind, where I charge 25K, and this current mastermind that you're in, I felt very confident that I could over-promise In a ridiculous way so i really sold hard i promised the world i also feel very confident in my ability to deliver that especially when it came to this mastermind one you know with the with us being questioning whether we're going to be able to have a virtual or an in-person event i really did the work before i launched the program at all to really genuinely be in a state of belief and have a plan and know exactly how i was going to deliver to be able to be overpromising if the event was virtual rather than in person. And of course I did just that. So you want to look at where you are in your own ability to do the things that you say you're going to do and set goals and achieve them, right? What's your track record of achievement? And what are your client's track record of achievement, right? I would factor both of those in when deciding how much you're going to promise the specific results that you're going to promise. And we will work on the specific results that you're going to promise in the demand formula workbook and keep you very accountable for those results. And then... The third part of it is overselling, and we're going to spend a lot of time in the demand formula workbook working through the mindset required to be willing to oversell. That's the biggest thing that's going to get in the way of your demand formula is you're not going to sell enough of your offer, especially if you do launches or you're selling one-on-one coaching, right? So here's what happens with a lot of coaches. You'll have five spots left for your one-on-one coaching, and you'll start selling with the thought that you have five spots left. You'll keep talking about those five spots that you have left. You will, you will actually pull back on your selling knowing you only have five spots left, right? Think about the amount of effort and energy that you put into promoting and marketing your business, your offer. Let's just say one-on-one when you have 20 spots. Think of the amount of energy and effort and time that you spend thinking about selling 20 spots when you're full and you don't have any clients. Then think about the time and effort that you think either that you currently are because some of you are in that realm where you're starting to fill your spots up to where, so think about either where you're at now or imagine if you were there for those of you that are at the 25 K mark when you're there and you only have a couple spots left, a lot of you don't produce that same amount of selling effort. It's like you're running a race and you slow down towards the finish line instead of speeding up like what? There are so many reasons that you guys will do this. We're going to cover a lot of the thoughts that get in the way, but two of the biggest ones are I don't have availability and I won't have availability anytime soon. So I can only sell based on availability and I don't, the fear or the discomfort of turning money away. I don't want to turn money away. So I won't sell and then I'll just turn money away. Right? I don't have availability. So I'm not going to sell and I'm going to create a shit ton of availability for myself. And what a lot of you all do when you're selling one-on-one coaching is you count on your people re-upping and you think you're going to have X amount of re-ups. And so to make room for those re-ups, you don't sell to new people. There are lots of strategies on how to oversell. I want you to push your brain to always be selling and always be overselling the amount that you have so that when you actually have higher demand than you have supply, we can tra- we can strategically look at how you'll solve that. I want you to think about this. Having there's, there's two problems you can have not enough sales or too many sales. You can spend time strategically solving for not enough sales, or you can spend time strategically solving for too many sales. Which would you rather spend time strategically solving? Obviously having too many sales. That's way more fun to problem solve and troubleshoot, having more sales than you have availability. So you have to keep selling and you wanna make very clear that you are very sure that you don't sell on urgency when you do start to fill up. Two spots left, five spots left, like that doesn't actually make anyone buy, right? You just wanna sell, sell, sell as if there were abundance of spots left. What will have to happen then is you will have to start selling from, Excitement, compelling, value versus urgency and FOMO. You don't want your people to buy from FOMO. That's the worst reason for them to buy. Think about your best and your worst clients. The worst clients are the people who sign up from FOMO and then show up with FOMO the entire time you're coaching them versus the people who sign up because they were compelled from value Then they show up for that value, sold on that value the rest of the time, right? So you really want to work on this, this idea of overselling and forcing yourself to sell with value versus urgency and FOMO. So we're going to talk a lot about this, but you're going to work through your thoughts around overselling very specifically. Every time you come up with a launch, you're going to work on that in the demand formula workbook. Um, I'll give you one more example before we move on, just because it's such a good one. So I was actually coaching, um, one of our students in 200 K mastermind about her launch coming up. She was going to sell 10 spots and she was thinking of designing her launch to get 10 people. Here's the problem with that. If you only sell to 10 people, what happens the next time you enroll and the next time and the next time, unless you're only ever going to coach those 10 people, you want to make sure that you're not just selling for this launch. But the next, and 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 the next. We sell 200K as if we're selling it for the next 10 years. We're selling it infinitely. I want you to imagine what would be different about your selling with your programs, your offers, if you were selling infinitely, not just for this launch, the next launch, the launch after. When you do the workbook, you're going to really get into the nitty-gritty of what would be different about your behaviors, but a lot would be different. In this mastermind, I want you all overselling everything. I want everyone to have a a demand issue, not a lack of client issue. All right, so we oversell. And then the fourth thing that will create, the fourth piece of our demand formula is over-delivering. So, of course, if you think about your 100% results – 100% over delivering, which means all of your clients go across the finish line. So the percentage of people not getting results is very small. And then all of your clients get more than what they expected. Take a second and think about what that would be like for your business. Think about what that's like for your marketing. Think about what that's like for word of mouth, for your brand reputation. The fastest way to create demand is to give your students, your clients, a winning the lottery experience, blow their mind with the experience of working with you, and then get them more results than they anticipated. And if you're in a group setting, get the entire group results, right? Everybody across the finish line. That's what makes the 200K Mastermind so high in demand. It's what... It, it's how it, it charges a premium price in the industry. It, it's the reason that it has the reputation it has is because my students always feel like they got more than they expected, even when they've done round after round after round. I remember when my students went from 10K to 25K, this is a really another great example of underpromising. promising. Um, one of the students said, so I just need to know before I make my decision, what will be different about the value? Like, what will be different how will you increase the value to make up for the increase in price? And I responded, I won't be. I won't be increasing the value at all. So same mastermind. Did you think this round was worth 25K? She ended up signing up, and as did most of the students, re-upping into the next round. But then what did I do? I overdelivered. I blew their mind with the live event. Many of them said the coaching that they got at this type of this event. But the last time that the coaching they got was worth 25K itself, they many of them have said that certain coaching calls was worth the 25K. I just recently did a webinar review for someone and she was like, this is going to make me hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I'm constantly over delivering. I'm constantly blowing their mind with the experience. So now I over promise and I over deliver, which I also think is such a brilliant way to constantly be expanding your own mind for what is possible and what you're capable of. That is also part of my reasoning for the money back guarantee that I've talked about it being a sales tactic and a delivery tactic. The sales tactic helps it be an undercharge and an overpromise, right? And it helps me oversell it because I'm like, you either make 25K, you either make 2K or we give you your 2K back. It's like a hell yes. And we don't just promise that. We then go deliver that. People actually do make their money back. And then they don't just make their money back. They make more than their money back, right? So I use it as a sales tactic for my students for this demand formula, and then I use it for my self to think about who do I need to be? What do I need to think? How do I need to feel? What action do I need to take? What do I need to spend my time doing to produce the result that allows me to overpromise and over deliver? What would be my over deliver? And then how do I sell the shit out of that over deliver? And then how do I deliver that? right that's the where i take my brain it's such a more useful place to take your your brain it will create so much more value for you in the long run when you look at the demand formula workbook i actually show with share with you some of my intentional models for the future of 200k when i think about 20 2020 2021 and 2022 for the 200 K mastermind, I think about how many people I want to serve, how much money I want to make, how much money I want to create for my students. When I think about that, I take my brain to such a high level thinking and creating value that then what I produce is extremely high, high value. It's extremely valuable. It creates value for my students they get value. I over deliver. I create the result that I want with, which is massive money with massive value with my students. So you want to make sure you're undercharging. When you create your offer, you want to make sure that you decide very intentionally whether you're under promising or you're over promising, which one is the breakthrough for you, which one is the growth for you to under promise or to over promise. Then you have to make sure you're overselling that offer, You're always selling that offer, and then you're going to do the work to figure out how to over-deliver it. So that's step one. All right, step two, rule two. Rule two is you have to make it irresistible, right? Your offer has to be, in order to stand out in the coaching industry, especially if you're in a saturated market, if you're in business coaching, you have to like over-deliver Weight coaching is another one. You have to really stand out from the other coaches offering very similar things. We're going to also make your offer very unique to you and intriguing, but you want it to be irresistible. What's irresistible? You pay me 25 K. You make 200 K. Right? You either make 2 K in my business coaching program. In my money program, in my sales program, or we give you your 2K back, right? It doesn't have to be a grand gesture of money, but you do want to make it irresistible. So I remember my coach, um, Brooke, told a story about her coach at the time, Frank Kern, who had offered, hey, you fly out, you come to this one day event. You're going to get so much value that you're going to pay like this amount for it and if you don't feel like you got that amount you pay after and if you don't feel like you got that amount i'll pay for your travel and your hotel and like all of your food or something ridiculous so he's like if you don't get this this amount of value i'll pay for literally even your travel to come out here it was such an irresistible offer to her that she went course she got the value because she was so excited about the offer. And then she ended up paying him a lot of money over a couple of years. So you really want to make it intriguing. You want to make it irresistible. You want to make sure that you think about what is everything? What, what can I include? What could I, how could I structure this? What could I make the price? And how can I deliver this offer In a way that makes it irresistible for people, what would make this offer irresistible for my students? What do they consider irresistible? What's everything they want? How could I blow their minds? And in a way that makes this offer irresistible for me as well. So it doesn't mean that you just give them everything that they want, but you can think about when they're thinking about buying, what do they think they need and how can you deliver that to them in a way that makes sense for your business as well. So for example, my students might sometimes think that they want and need to be coached by me every week, one-on-one in 2K. It's a $2,000 investment, right? That doesn't make quite a lot of sense. However, what I can give them is access to me and ask a coach and they can ask questions every single day and get coaching from the ask a coaches. They can get coaching in the Facebook community and they can get coaching with me live every single week. Another thing that I'm working on to make 2K irresistible is something my coach recently did is in one of her programs. She created an in program podcast and I realized I'm so much more apt to follow along with the live coaching calls and listen to all of the content when it's on in podcast form because I can listen when I'm driving, I can listen when I'm doing. Let's be real. I don't do the dishes when I'm doing laundry, when I'm doing whatever it is that I do that I actually do around the house. And so I realized like my students might also be more apt to catch up on the coaching calls and they might get better results and have more mindset support if they had access to the modules and into the learning in podcast form. So that's something we're working on. Something else that happens a lot is my students spend a lot of time in the Facebook community asking really basic questions that we could easily answer. Or in a QA and a format. So that's something else that we're gonna do. So I'm always thinking, how can we really like blow my students' minds? Um, one of them recently asked if there was a 32 day business reboot workbook and I had already written that down in a super thinking session, thinking about how can I make this irresistible? I'm like, oh, people would die if there was a 32 day reboot workbook, right? So I'm thinking about all the things that would make this so much better um, for my students and what would make them go, oh my God, it's the tipping point i have to get in the value is so crazy right you can do that and have that thought even with one-on-one coaching i want you to think about the experience of you working with someone one-on-one, what would make it irresistible for you? It doesn't necessarily mean Voxer coaching or email coaching in between sessions. It doesn't mean that. It can be the feeling of it, right? I love having a one-on-one coach to just life coach my brain. I think that feeling every week is irresistible for me, right? And then when someone is selling life coaching, you can sell that from the perspective of just having a coach is one of the most irresistible things that you could have, right? So it doesn't have To be adding actual things, it can be adding, um, it can just be adding your own value to the call, right? So, for example, I did master coach training because I wanted to be a better coach. And the better coaching I get, the more irresistible it is for people to work with me, right? Like they can't resist working with me because I'm coaching at such a high level that the level itself is what's irresistible for them. So take your brain to all the different places. How can your coaching be irresistible? Your delivery be irresistible? How can you structure it in a way that it's irresistible? And how can you talk about it in a way where you genuinely believe it's irresistible? If you don't believe your offer is irresistible, there's no way that people are going to be unable to resist it right? You want to make them unable to resist it it has to come from your brain first. Okay. Rule number three, overestimate the amount of work required to sell and deliver. You're going to be reading about offers on page 53, but one of the things that you're going to read about is a lot of people look at my program, 2K, or they look at my coach's program, Self-Coaching Scholars, and they think, oh, that looks fun and easy. That looks like a really nice setup. And they have no idea the amount of Effort and energy and experience and delivery that was required in order to have a program of the size that we have with its effectiveness and bring in the amount of money that it brings in. It's not just, oh, I created this fun little um, program that's that's you know only requires an hour of my time, which is what a lot of people tell me. They're like, oh, I you know, I love how you only coach one hour a week and you have all these people in your program. And I'm like, wait, what? I spend like five to six hours coaching a week in my program minimum, and I spend way more time than that also leading, coaching, and training the people who also help me coach I also spend even more time thinking about them and making resources and assets for them. I'm constantly updating the content to reflect the areas where the group is struggling to make it more simple, more clear, more doable. Right. So make sure when you're looking at your offer that you're not in as um, one of our members, Samantha talks about idealism, right? Making Thinking that things are just going to be so easy and so fun and not require a lot of work and make sure that you're not in success expectancy where. You're looking to immediately make money off of a program you create. We've had a couple students in the mastermind who created programs like 2K, but with their niche. And then they were just stunned at how much effort it actually required to sell a program like that. This is why I actually want you guys to sell one-on-one coaching until you make a couple hundred thousand. It's easier to sell one-on-one coaching. It's much harder to sell a cheaper program. I was also under the impression that it would be easier and I was also mistaken and I also went through my own success expectancy and I also went through my own river of misery Of having to sell it and not hitting my goals for over a year and feeling like no one wanted to buy my program and I was never gonna get it right and I don't understand why it's so hard this is such a cheaper program it's much much harder people don't want to buy programs they want to buy time with a coach right so you have to be in a place where you're really really ready especially if you create we're gonna talk about which you know when it's right for you to choose the offer like what specific offer um, or what specific Business model that you're going to choose. We're going to talk about which, um, when it's the right time for each one, but you just have to be prepared when you go into um, group programs, masterminds, programs, and courses. You have to be very ready to sell it probably a hundred times more than you actually think that you have to sell it. So I'm giving you a, I'm selling you on how hard it's going to be mostly because I want you to be prepared for that work and I don't want you to rush to jump into a type of offer. That you're not prepared and you've underestimated uh, the selling and the delivery. I spend an in absorbent amount of time. That's the word I was looking for. Absorbent amount of time selling and delivering for 2K. It's much, much harder than when I just picked up one-on-one clients who messaged me and reached out to me and we did a consult and they're on the call, right? So just make sure whatever your offer is, even if it's one-on-one, that you're really prepared to overestimate the selling and the delivery required to get your students' results, to get enough people to fill your practice, to hit your goals. I would rather you overestimate that and be prepared for that. One of my students I was recently talking to when she was going through a launch in this past class, one of the things she realized once she was in the launch is that she had underestimated the amount of time and effort and energy she needed to sell that launch. So whether it's when you're creating your offer and you're just making sure that you're very clear and you're not idealistic in your, um, in your offer and in what you're creating and how easy you think it will be to sell and deliver, but then also when you go to sell it, each time you go to sell it, you wanna make sure that you're also not um, overestimating, or I mean that you're not underestimating how much it's gonna take to sell and deliver that offer. Okay, so now we're gonna recap things to consider. With your offer, you just want to make sure before you choose your offer or your offers, if you're at that place where you're going to add an offer, you want to make sure that you're considering your positioning. Does it make sense for who you're showing up and who you're deciding to be the brand that you're creating in this industry? The value ratio, again, you want to make sure that it's always in your client's favor. It's the best way to create a ton of demand. You want to make sure that you're hundred percent going to be able to over deliver on this and get hundred percent of the people results for what you're offering. You want to make sure that you have the skills and the experience to deliver the offer. So I'll give you a brief explanation about that. If you're going into group coaching from one-on-one, some of you are in this mastermind or in that place where you're going to go from group to one-on-one or one-on-one to group, you want to start with less people. Don't try to start with 20 and 30 people right out of the gate. If you have no experience holding the space in groups, you want to get experience holding the space in groups and then grow that, right? So I started the, even this mastermind with 30 people and I ran it four Times with 30 people, hear me four times with 30 people before raising it to a higher amount of people, I got very comfortable with holding the space with that amount of people, holding the space, teaching, delivering, coaching, right? You have to nail all of those things before you add more people and more people and more people. The same is true for 2K. We haven't sold 2k a lot like with a lot of concentrated effort with launches simply because i'm still every time we we add 500 to thousand more people every time we have to look at every single thing that we're doing in the background and a lot of times we have to make changes to accommodate more people coming i have to create more assets i have to refilm the modules and make them even clearer and more simple and more doable because the more people you get it's like the message of telephone <laughs> It just gets lost along the way. So we have to prepare for that. So you just want to make sure you have the skills and experience to deliver on your offer. You want to make sure you factor in your current demand and potential demand. And then you also want to factor in balance and not hustling. So remember, you might be able to sell five masterminds in a row with 20 people and fill them up and raise your prices, but you also have to make sure that you're there to deliver on that and make sure your clients get results and make sure that you're able, you have plenty of time to set aside from the selling to be focused on the delivery. Some of you get really excited about the money that you're capable of bringing in, in your business. So you just keep bringing it in and keep bringing it in and keep bringing it in. And then all of a sudden you have a freak out moment of my clients aren't getting results. What do I do? Right? And so you want to really make sure that you're always bringing in, with your offers and then delivering. So make sure you're not creating too many offers or offers that you don't have experience with or offers that don't support the balance of your business before you're ready. So I'm going to give you one more example of that. And then I'm going to get, I'm going to get you going on um, the demand workbook. So I had one of my students come in who was going to start selling a low priced program for the first time. And her business could also support a second offer, but I told her to really spend the first entire mastermind just selling the one offer. Even though she's an experienced coach, she's made hundreds of thousands of dollars. She is by no means in a place where she's inexperienced or doesn't have the skills but she's never sold and delivered that one offer that she just created. So if you're in the mastermind and you're creating a brand new offer, you don't wanna add two brand new offers at the same time. You wanna spend time selling and delivering the one offer until you get out of the river of misery and you'll know when that's when you're there and then you spend time out of the river of misery, you get rested up And then you're prepared and you're ready to go back into the river of misery selling another offer. So those are the things to consider when you're creating your offer. So now let's go create your offer. Y'all ready? So you're gonna read the pages starting at 53 on your offer. You're gonna actually go through and do um, the worksheets that are on They're a little bit further down on page 71, but you're gonna read basically all the way from 53 to 71. You're gonna create your offer and then you're gonna also do the demand formula workbook. So I'm gonna give you a solid hour to work on all of this, to read up, to. to um, super think and create your offers. And then we're gonna come and you're gonna be able to get coaching on anything that you're wanting to add to your current offers, ways that you're wanting to transition that offer, um, new offers that you wanna create. We're gonna do a solid coaching on offers, but I first want you to workshop this on your own and get super thinking and creating and making it irresistible. All right, I'll see you in the group discussion in one hour.